Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to Wednesday Live with Dr. Nancy. Today, I have with me um, Andrea as De La Torre. <laughs> Might work on my Spanish. <laughs> She's going to be talking to us about sleeping. But before we get with her, we're going to kind of review what's going on in the office this week. Actually, within the next uh, week, we still have our campaign running for Oklahaven. We are running a raffle. If you want to donate $10 to Oklahaven, we'll put you in our raffle to win a 60-minute massage with one of our fabulous massage therapists. And you can do that in the office. Uh, there will be a link on the Facebook page if you want to donate. Oklahaven is a clinic out in Oklahoma that treats uh, special need kids with uh, chiropractic care. And they've had really good results. And they do this all for free. It's a not-for-profit. So every year, chiropractors want to get together and help this clinic out and we're one of them. So if you um, would be generous and donate to them, we would really appreciate it. So today we're going to talk with Andrea about sleeping. And if you have any questions at all while she's talking, go ahead and comment and we'll make sure that your questions get answered. And if you find this information useful, please share it on your pages. So thank you and welcome, Andrea. Thank you. So um, tell us a little bit about this um, sleep consultant job that you do. Yeah. So um, consultant is just the word that we use because that's the word we have, but I refer to it more as coaching. Okay. And that's what I like to do. And I'm a gentle coacher. I don't, I don't do cried out and I don't, you know, I don't like that. I'm more of a holistic, I guess, okay. sleep coach because I focus on getting the right schedule, the right environment. And, you know, getting to know a kid before you just implement something, because not everything's going to work for every kid. Um, but there are things, and I want to talk about those three things that are really important to get into any age, even for adults. Okay. <laughs> How did you get into this? My son was a terrible sleeper, and I need sleep. <laughs> and so I was looking into it. And so I Googled, you know, everything. I read so many books, so many articles, and I couldn't figure it out. And so um, I found out there were sleep consultants, but there are very expensive sleep consultants and I didn't want to spend all that money. <laughs> so instead I became certified myself. I was like, I'm going to have more kids. I'll do it myself. And then I just really fell in love with sleep science. It's really cool. And the way that you are different when you have sleep, it's just huge. You can be yourself. You're not yeah. angry all the time. You're not sleep deprived. And, you know, being sleep deprived is almost as bad as being drunk when you're driving. And yeah. so it's also dangerous to you, to your baby, and to everyone else. Um, so I just found a new calling. I've been a teacher always. And so it was a way to be at home and teach and help other people. Um, and then turns out my kid didn't have a sleep disorder. He just had a dairy allergy. Oh. <laughs> but everything happens for a reason. So now I'm here. Um, and I've been doing it for two years now. My son's two years old. And I really like it. I've helped a ton of families. And that's really the big part of it. Wonderful. So when you say holistic, you kind of look at things like that then with the dairy allergies and things like that. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, so that's a cool part too. You know, when a client comes to me, I have them fill out a survey first. It's a pretty extensive survey. It takes like 10, 15 minutes to fill out, but it asks you a lot of things. And so that way we can figure out if it's, you know, it's a routine problem or if it's a personality thing or it's a parenting style thing, or maybe you're doing everything right, but there's something else. And then I can refer to you to a chiropractor or, mm -hmm. you know, a, an allergist or a doctor. Um, I never answer questions of, should I be feeding him? Because that's always up to the pediatrician or nutritionist. Um, but yeah, I'm more than happy to refer out even to different sleep consultants if my style doesn't work with you. Great. So 
do they do this in person? Do you do this over the phone, Zoom calls? My favorite thing to do is in person, but I've only had like maybe 5% of my clients be in person. Um, I mostly do Skype or phone calls or just emailing or Facebook. I'm pretty uh, flexible about it since I'm at home, whatever yeah. works best for somebody. Some people are real introverts, so they don't want to talk. So we just do everything through emails and some people really like getting together. So I love that. I love getting to know people. And, you know, it's all people that are moms in the midst of it. So they're new friends for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> friends for your kids. Yeah, for sure. So what um, tips did you have you wanted to share with our parents today? Yeah, so I was going to focus, my main focus is on three things. Um, I call them the three C's. I try to find words that start with a Z, but there aren't that many words in Z's. <laughs> so the three C's are clock, crib, and consistency. Um, so for clock, I ask parents to stick to a schedule that goes along with the kids. There's some people that like to put their kids on a specific schedule and that works for them. I'm not someone like that. I like to follow baby's lead. Um, and babies will tell you when they're tired if you listen to them. Once we stop listening to babies and kids, they stop showing obvious signs. Um, especially overtired kids will just be grumpy and crying all the time. So the more tuned to where we are, we are to babies and the more we're watching them, the better we know when they're tired. Um, with the clock too, there's, um, especially even from newborns to toddlers to preschoolers, they have a, a specific time window that they can be awake. For newborns, it's around 45 to 60 minutes. So around every 45 to 60 minutes of being awake, they need to go down for a nap. Sometimes you have a weird little baby <laughs> that wants to be up for a little longer, but you can be watching them, watching their eye movement and their limb movement. And when they start getting red under the eyes, those are the sleep cues you want to be looking for. There's a misconception that we need to be looking for yawning and eye rubbing and crying. And those are actually signs of overtiredness. Mm-hmm. And so if your baby is skipping a lot of naps and being just whiny, they're more like more than likely overtired and you wait it too long. Um, so that's the first one, clock, sticking to baby's natural sleep um, cycles. And then once you've stuck to them a lot, they're, <laughs> I can hear my toddler cycle. Um, they're gonna come up and up and up. And so you'll be able to figure out when they need to nap. Okay. Um, second C is crib. Obviously some people like to co-sleep. <laughs> in your oh, room. <laughs> That's okay. We're all mom here. <laughs> uh, the second one is crib. Obviously if you want to co-sleep it's the same thing. It's just having a specific place that baby can know it's where you go to sleep. And then you want it to be pitch black because darkness helps us sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want it to have white noise. <laughs> you want to have white noise, um, both to soothe baby and also to block out other noises. Okay. He's just. You want to go get him? <laughs> He's singing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if he starts being upset, I'm gonna have to go get him. Okay. <laughs> But he's going through, that's something else actually with toddlers. They'll have random waking boosts. They'll wake up from 2 to 3 a.m. and just be talking. And that's completely normal. We we tend to freak out when that happens, but their brains are going like 100 miles an hour. His name is Mateo. <laughs> he's, on the camera. he's just having the blast. Um, and so that happens. You know, kids will fight sleep. Kids will do that. Um, the most important thing is to, to answer with consistency and love. Um, so yeah, talking about cribs, sorry. Uh, you want to make sure it's dark. You want to make sure it's quiet, but you have white noise blaring and that it's not too hot, not too cold. You want to err on the side of colder. I think that might be why he's 
not sleeping right now actually it is so hot randomly it was so cold last week oh i know it's nuts just like sweltering yeah um and so you want to stick between 69 and 72 fahrenheit for temperature and the last c of the three c's is consistency and so you want to be as consistent as possible with everything you do you know if you want to stick to the american association of pediatrics guidelines and put them in a crib with a flat sheet and nothing else always do the same thing if you and your partner or whoever you're with decide to um co-sleep with baby then set the expectations that the rules have a safe environment and always do the exact same thing so that baby knows what to expect the more that babies and kids know how to what to expect the better they react to what you want them to do um, with consistency too is a bedtime routine bedtime routines people underestimate their power <laughs> it's usually like 80 percent of a baby's sleep problems is because they don't have a good bedtime routine so what should a bedtime routine have they should be in a dimmer lit room to get to let their bodies know that it's time to go to sleep. They should have quiet activities that are engaging, but not, you know, alert, <laughs> alerting. Yeah, no rock and roll. And then you need to have some, what I call PDA. You need some to have some time just cuddling and telling them how much you love them. Some time for them to, you know, spend really close with you. So that can be their last memory of the day. And then, you know, just putting them down wherever they're going to go to sleep. Probably a crib um when they're still awake yeah um and those are very you know <laughs> open umbrella things but it's just the most important things you know stick to a schedule stick to a good environment and stick to consistency um and make sure everybody in the house knows the expectations and stick to them when you go off track that's when things start happening and now you know if you go traveling you can take the same routine and the same sheets, the same smell, the same sounds, the same white noise machine, and it's less of the sleep disruptors. So when they do wake up and do this talking, um, like when, with your toddler now, will you go talk to him or will you just let him talk it out and see if he falls back asleep? I'll usually, we usually just let him talk it out, especially because we need our sleep. If he's upset or yeah. starts crying or starts needing us, we'll go to him. Okay. Um, I can I can hear the difference you know once he like if he's scared or if he's hurt we'll definitely go in calm him yeah. down and put him back in there you want to avoid making them fall asleep on you because once you place them back down they'll yeah. wake up yeah. or when they wake up when they're changing REM cycles they'll need you again but if they're just talking I mean my kid is really hyper <laughs> so if they're running around or playing around or throwing all everything it's just what they need to do right then yeah. It's not, as long as they're not putting themselves in danger, um, then you're do, okay. Do you see this question about um, when they start talking to you when you're co-sleeping? <laughs> like, hey, mommy, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's a little trickier. It's part of why we decided not to co-sleep because you interrupt their cycles and they interrupt your cycles. And so you have to manage around that. But it's, you know, it's a family decision. So if you're in that, um, I would say just kind of ignore as much as you can or just, you know, pat them back down and tell them mommy needs sleep. Yeah. <laughs> needs sleep. Um, it's tricky, but that's part of it too. You know, people, we have to know, we have to have realistic expectations. Kids are people, you know, I had a, I have a Q and a on my Instagram every Wednesday and I had a cool question just now. It's like, every time we go to a different place, my kiddo can't sleep well. And it's like, well, can you sleep well when you're in different places? Yeah. No. We have to have realistic expectations, but stick to love and stick to consistency. Make sure like they're resting when they need to rest. 
that they know what to expect and they have a good environment. And that's all you can do for them. Don't stress out. Obviously, never leave them just to cry if they're upset. But don't create new bad habits when you don't have to. So I had a question offline, actually, from a um, fellow chiropractor. Um, he's got a patient that has a postpartum mom that's having trouble sleeping. And they wanted to know if you work with anybody um, in that category at all. Or do you just work with kids? I only work with kids and babies. Okay. Uh, specifically. Okay. <laughs> but the, you know, the same keys of, of sleep can be transferred. So, you know, when you're an adult, make sure you have a routine, make sure your environment is sleep friendly, make sure you're staying away from the TV or your screens to even two hours before you go to sleep, because that kills your melatonin. Make sure you're not get, taking too many, you know, because people will just say, oh, take melatonin or oh, take Benadryl. Yeah. And so the more you take that, the more your body becomes just accustomed to taking other things to fall asleep. Um, and so the more you do that, the less you create your own melatonin. Right. <laughs> and then you you have a lot of problems. Also, you know, if you have anxiety, that's going to be an issue. Same with separation anxiety in babies. If it's too hot, that's going to be an issue. So it's, it's kind of the same things. We can talk if she wants to, yeah. but I don't specifically work with adults. <laughs> okay. All right. So we have a question. Um, how do you know when a toddler is ready to drop their naps? Um, for good. Yeah. <laughs> suggest that we keep toddler naps as long as possible. And once they want to drop it where they're showing signs, like my little one, <laughs> um, still give them an hour in the dark or in the dim light up until four, four and a half years old at least because they need that rest um most kiddos are just beasts when they skip their naps so you want to keep it as long as you can how do you know they start fighting it more and more yeah <laughs> and so once they do drop it um you want to start bedtime routine a little earlier I know this little guy and I bet he just is that's his personality <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna fight mom the whole way <laughs> yep um, Karina wants to know, are babies more likely to sleep through the night if they fall asleep on the room versus you helping them by rocking, feeding, et cetera? For sure. For sure. That's, you know, the number one problem I'd say that I see if you're helping them fall asleep in the first sleep of the night, that's when their first big chunk of REM sleep happens. And once they transition to the next REM sleep, they're going to say, well, how did I fall asleep? Oh, well, there was rocking. Okay. I'm going to call back for some rocking. I need that to go back to sleep. And then, you know, babies have like four to five REM cycles during the night. Adults have two to three at the most. Um, and so if they're falling asleep completely by themselves at the beginning of the night, they learn to transition that into the middle of the night, even if, you know, if they're not hungry or they don't actually need something. That's where I went wrong with my daughter. She didn't sleep for three years, I swear. And <laughs> I, that was the mistake I made was I... I nursed her to sleep every night and we had the music going and everything. And I put her to sleep and put her in bed and I was up so much with her. Oh my gosh. I wish yeah. you were around when 13, 15, no, she's 15 now, 15 years ago. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was hard. <laughs> That's the main issue with most of my clients. They have some sort of sleep prop and baby doesn't know how to transition on their own. And then, you know, it happens. Oh, they woke up. They're probably hungry. And that's mostly not necessarily true. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That was my fault. Do you have any uh, more questions? We have uh, quite a few viewers and some good interaction. Um, great tips. I I like that. Um, not, I know there's some people that cry it out and, you know, it breaks your heart to do that. Um, and then we were looking for somebody 
to come on that didn't do that in a kind of a different way of looking at sleeping. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Megan would like to know, how can you do any different without tears? Is this tears for the baby or for mom? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't understand the question. How can you do any different? Oh, any different from nursing down to sleep? That's part of it. You know, the big, huge part is to stick to a schedule. An overtired baby is going to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, I have actually a sleep chart on my website, um, tiniestdreamers.com, um, that in slash here. blog, look for one of the blogs that says baby sleep chart. And that's going to tell you how long baby should be awake. The more, um, the longer they're overtired, the harder it is for them to fall asleep on their own. I've had a lot of clients that, you know, we just fix schedule and they'll cry for five, 10 minutes and then fall asleep. Okay. There is no way, in my opinion, to avoid completely all tears because it's the only way babies know how to express themselves. But tears don't mean you're a horrible mom. Yeah. I'm scared. Sometimes it just means I'm winding down for the day or I'm figuring out how to fall asleep. So I don't promise a no tears approach to things because there's babies. They're going to cry. I mean, if you have a baby, they cry like 10 times a day just because um, I don't like leaving them alone in there to cry. So that's the difference. If they're um, crying yeah, 10 times a day, they need an exam from me. So <laughs> there could be something else going on. Just an, <laughs> <just> an aside. <laughs> um, and so what's it called? So I have a lot of methods, a different kinds of gentle methods. And that's what I can help you with as okay. my comment. And that's what mm-hmm. I coach you with. And that's something else I do. I don't ever just, you know, give you information by, I we have a week where we talk about different things and troubleshoot. And I don't like failing. <laughs> so even if our week is up, most of the time I'll keep on, you know, giving you yeah. tips. <laughs> Good. Sounds like you really, really love what you do. So I do. Yeah. You know, my main passion is teaching kids. Um, and it was a tough transition to go into, you know, having my own business and doing marketing and yeah. <laughs> doing all that stuff I don't like to do. But just talking to people and really having them tell me, wow, my baby's in a better mood and so am I. Like that's what I really love. Yeah, it's very fulfilling. Yeah, sleeping really moms. Yeah, it's <laughs> sleeping moms. It's not about the babies. <laughs> it's about the it's about the parents. It's, yeah, it, and you do you need your sleep. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any more questions before we let Andrea go today? Um, she's great. You know, some great information. Uh, the three C's. I like that. Um, <laughs> the three Z's, but um, really good tips. And is there anything else you want to um, tell our parents that we didn't touch on today? Um, I wanted to say, follow me on Instagram if you don't already. Okay. What's um, your, is it Tiniest Dreamers? No, actually, I changed it to babysleep.answers. Um, I give out tips all the time. I'm, I show you my life. I like funny things. And every Wednesday, I have a free Q&A where you can just ask me anything, a short question, and I'll answer it throughout the day. Great. Um, I like connecting with new moms, so send me a message. Great. <laughs> and then also not to freak out if your baby isn't sleeping. That also has a huge effect on your baby's ability to learn how to sleep or not. There was actually a study saying that parents that think their babies sleep have babies that sleep better. And that's partly because babies can feel our anxiety. They can feel that something's wrong. And the more positive about things we are, the more positive our bedtime routine is, the better things are. All right. I hear my baby getting (laughs) I love it. Well, he's a special, a special guest on the side. It's awesome. (laughs) He likes being in the middle of everything. Thank you, Andrea, for coming again. I appreciate it. And then, uh, like I said earlier, if you you find this helpful, please share it with uh, your friends and let's get some Andrea helping some people sleep.
Yeah, please. Yeah. Me. All right, I'm going to get out. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.